Good evening, everybody. Welcome to School of Ministry. How are you, you guys? You've made it through six weeks. How do you feel? Congratulations. If you're here, most likely you're completing this class, which is so great. Um, and since you're here now, we've got some papers that are snaking their way through. So what I'm hoping is that you guys remember what it's like to be in grade school and just, you know, take one down, pass it along, right? And there's, there's two coming, okay? One is for an evangelism class, which is going to be our next six-week course. And that's going to be taught by Pastor Phil and Tammy and David, or Jared David Hoff, our evangelist on, on staff here. And I'll have a hand with that as well. And then the other sheet that's coming around is for a Bible reading methods class. That's our one-day intensive for the next section. And I'll be teaching that on Saturday, November 22nd from 8 to 1. Um, so you can sign up for both of those. We have this really sweet sign over on the desk that says signups and go over there during the break or afterwards to sign up. And what you'll notice is that on the sheet of paper, it says that there's a cost for the class and there is not actually, it's a lie. It's my fault. It's totally free, but you will have to pay for your book. Um, like for all of these classes, but just know you can scratch that off where it says the, the tuition cost for the class. You can put a line right through that. So, um, you're welcome. <laughs> that's, that's, for your that's for both of the classes. Yeah, you can scratch off the tuition cost for both of those classes. Yes, we will be waiving that fee. Um, as we start, there's one verse that I wanted us to just sit in for a moment tonight as we get going. And it's Galatians 3, verse 5. Galatians 3, 5. And... I, uh, I was just reading through the book last night, and I really loved reading through, um, through it because it was just this, this recounting, really, of um, pa- part of Paul's missionary journey, part of his ministry to this church in Galatia. And uh, what he's addressing here in this section, is he's talking about these people called the Judaizers who have come into Galatia, and they've told the Galatians, hey, you were saved by faith in Christ, but now you've got to sanctify yourself through your works. You've got to follow all the Jewish rituals still. And what Paul is saying here is, no, who, who bewitched you? In fact, in verse 1, he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. And so he's trying to correct this bad doctrine, this bad theology that's gotten um, into the church in Galatia. But there's this really cool verse, verse 5, and it says this, Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Does God work miracles among you because you obeyed the law or because you believed? And uh, we're, we're faced with that, aren't we? We don't, we don't see God work because we've memorized the Bible. We don't see God work because we do the right things, because we say the right things even. We see miracles because we believe. And it's part of the, the gifts of grace that God gives us, that we get to see his power on display. It's part of faith. It's part of what comes with knowing Jesus. I think it was uh, the first week that we started, I, I brought that up. I, I had shared with you guys about my nephew and I had this little toy and he was crying over the toy. You might remember that story because he was frightened that this pirate got his leg bitten off by the crocodile. But what I had said then I say again now, and that's that anything that we see God do when we see these miracles, it all isn't, is intended to point us back to Jesus. It all points us back to the person of Christ. We get to glorify Jesus as we see miracles done. People get saved because they see miracles unfold before their eyes. We're edified because we believe in this God who does these things still today. And so I'm so proud of you guys for making it through this course, for sticking it out, for sacrificing your Tuesday nights. It's been wonderful to spend time with you guys and to be studying God's word together. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely hope that each of you guys continue to come to school of ministry and that we get to see you at our next class. But let's pray as we get started tonight. Jesus, we thank you that you are that God that we serve and that it's by your name that miracles happen. Holy Spirit, it's by your gift of grace that you have called us to even see these things, to believe in them, and that you would allow us to experience them with you. And so thank you. Thank you for including us. 
Thank you for letting us see your power on display. Thank you for letting us be recipients of, of Christ's glory, that we get to see it manifest before our eyes. And so, Lord, continue to encourage us, continue to build us up, continue to strengthen our faith as we serve you, as we give ourselves to studying the word. We love you. We thank you for this class and for the community and the fellowship that's been birthed here. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome up Tammy. guys the last couple weeks I missed my two that's all I got um, so what we want to do is we want to hear a lot of you know that um, Saturday we had a mystics class that I taught and then many of you know that we had um, Nathan leading the Bible reading last week so we want to hear I know Nathan you've got a couple people coming up but we want to just start by hearing I think it's really important that we hear what God's doing and actually I think what I might want to do is um, do we, do we, well, let's do this. Um, Rena, you come up here. Where are you? We'll start with you. So um, the, the mystics class was so amazing. Um, I've been really reading through Madame Guion. Some of you have been reading through her book as well. And, and what we did is I walked through actually what the word mystic means. Let me just kind of give you an overview of this. The word mystic actually in the Greek is mysterion. Mysterion. It means to be concealed. It means the secret. It means hidden. And the word God tells us that there are so many jewels and nuggets in the word of God that he has for us, and they are hidden, and they have to be revealed. And there are so many things that we have to do in our life to shed ourselves from really all those things that um, are keeping us from really hearing or discerning, having a transformed mind, seeing the things of God. So we looked at some of these mystics, and we talked a little bit about how God had those hidden treasures for us. So one thing we did toward the end is I gave them exercises on how to um, really come before God in silence. And you know, one of the most difficult things, and I believe it's we cannot hear or discern the voice of God until we can understand the discipline, the discipline of silence and solitude. Now, it's foreign in our culture. It's very foreign. It's uncomfortable. I was sharing how it's been a discipline that I've had to develop over the last several months, even maybe a year, where I'll sit there sometimes in just this state of silence and having to push out all the thoughts in my mind, all the busyness, all the sounds, all the negativity, all the lies. And you reach a state to where the Holy Spirit can really speak to you. And as we mentioned last night at Women of Influence and in discerning the voice of God, sometimes we have to get rid of besetting sins, lies, the hardening of our heart. And so we talked about that last night, and we talked about it Saturday. And so I had actually Rena share last night, and she said specifically something. Come up here, beautiful. And I made everybody tweet it. I thought it was incredible, and I've used it twice today, actually. So maybe come up and just share what happened to you Saturday, and then share that one line that just actually has ministered to me all day today. Thank you. Um Saturday was really just unique. I think the Lord had really been preparing my heart for what Tammy was speaking about just in um, the mystic things of the Lord, intimacy with God, hearing him. And uh, I, I had I have a, a family with the history of uh, drug abuse and just a lot of that kind of unhealthy background, like a lot of dark things. I've come from a lot of ugly places. And... Um, I had thought the Lord had healed me of all of that. And then Saturday came, and I just was weeping the whole four hours because what I felt was every time he would speak to me in his spirit or through what Tammy was teaching or through the questions, he he showed me that the places where I thought I was healed, I wasn't. My heart was hardened. And uh, he was basically ministering me the difference between a healed heart and a hardened heart. Let, let me... She said, you got to ask me questions. So let's expound upon that. And I want to think about that right now in the areas of your life that you've hardened. And I realized today there were a couple of places I just haven't de dealt with. I stuffed them. So I put this hard, calloused, you know, protection around me. That person won't hurt me. That thing won't hurt me. I won't go there. But it doesn't mean it's a healed heart. It means it's a hardened heart. And God doesn't want a hardened heart. He wants a healed heart. And I don't know that he can really have do what the work he wants to do in your life. It starts with a transform mind. So right now there's a whole lot of mm-hmms going on. 
And some of you know right now there's some areas of some hardness in your heart of protection. Well, yeah, I'm, and you've, you've confused a healed heart with a hardened heart, right? Um, maybe share a little bit about just that, the silence and what, how that felt to be silent before God. That was one of the exercises we had. Um, I think for me at first it, it was almost threatening because you're really forced to stop thinking about the things that you want to distract you. So like a song in my head or my tasks for the day. And I was really forced to to identify, like really listen to the Lord and have to look face to face with the with the ugly, scary things I didn't want to deal with, like the pain or or um, really just seeing things. When, when I did practice the discipline of being silent, I had learned things about my parents that I hadn't seen because what I saw was through anger and through callous. And um, it was, it, there was a deep sense of healing. I had always understood their choices, but I don't think I ever really understood who they were past their choices. And that was... Um, pretty unique to to being silent and to really reflecting and to being forced to listen and be intimate and then being in a place where the spirit was cultivating that in everyone where the environment invited that versus trying to just ignore my own thoughts at home and and find that intimacy it was really really um an awesome experience and so that would be that would be what we would call the mysterion that was a mystery that was a hidden jewel a nugget a secret that god had for Rena. So thank you for sharing. I would love her, everybody. Give her a thank you for, um, and before Nathan has a couple share, actually, I want to go ahead and ask Ted to come up because Ted actually, you know, he, he had a double whammy because he went on the Bible reading. And so he might even just start by how that just started to rock his world. And he came in and I just opened with prayer and spent a few minutes just praying, anointing over everyone that the Holy Spirit would just speak those mysteries that the Holy Spirit had independently. And that's what's beautiful about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is it's a personal relationship. He has things for you that he doesn't necessarily have for me so we've got to own what it is he wants to share with us and Ted came in wrecked already and then I think God just compounded that on Saturday with some things so maybe come share a little bit of the story that you had if I cry you're gonna still think I'm a man right Um, there was definitely a cultivation that was going on you know when we went to the mountain and it's been my experience that whenever you pursue God he always responds he always meets me and with what we do in adoption um, I know God's shown me tremendous things and it's it's so far beyond my imagination much like this church I mean if you try to put your mind around it it's like you can't and um, so I was just really really pressing in and asking the Lord you know how are we going to do it and that was like less of me you know, the mind, will, and emotions. So I had no idea. Cheryl, we get up, I get up, we get home late on Friday night, and then Cheryl says in the morning, hey, you know, we've got this, um, Tammy's got the class in the morning. I'm like, really? And she goes, yeah, there's a book you were supposed to read. I'm like, what? I mean, we've been reading like eight and a half hours a day in the mountains. And so, you know, I mean, I really kind of showed up. I mean, I was just kind of tired, and I was open to it for sure, and I knew I was supposed to be here. But um, it was funny because Tammy said, okay, let's just try and empty ourselves. And I kiddingly said, but not really. I said, I'm a guy. I'm just going to my nothing box. And I just went to this nothing box. And um, Tammy started with a, with, a, um, with a real encounter, a testimony. I know that she shared with the women's um, ministry where where literally she felt the hand of God on her shoulder. And that really started getting me thinking about an encounter with God or encounters. And so she asked, um, let's just get quiet and, you know, just meet God. And what I heard, I think, Tammy say is just meet him heart to heart. And I was just to- totally receptive. I mean, it's just, I was so ready to, you know, heart to heart. Okay, Lord, what do you want to do? <clears throat> and I've been asking him about what he's called me to do. And he just, in the simple way that he spoke to me, he took me back 
to two really amazing open heaven, uh, what Phil, Pastor Phil talked about, which is amazing, the timing of that word, um, an open heaven experience. And that's exactly what Tammy was talking about in this mysterium. And I call it a visitation. And I went back to, he took me instantly back to the most incredible restaurant, Norm's Restaurant in downtown Santa Ana, <laughs> back in November of 2005. And I was really hungering. And he showed me in Matthew 19, where he rebuked the disciples and he said, um, do not hinder these children from coming unto me, for the kingdom is reserved for such as these. And I remember speaking to my good friend. I was on my cell phone waiting for an appointment. And I said, you know, I don't know why the Lord's showing me this, Jim. I can't, I can't figure it out. And all of a sudden, the best way I can describe it is he just downloaded his heart for me. And I was asking him, I said, you know, I'm a disciple of yours or doing my best to be one. I've spent my life doing adoptions. You know, I mean, I'm not, are you saying I'm hindering these kids? And he was silent. And I'm talking to my buddy Jim Kreider about this. And all of a sudden, the Lord said, Ted, you don't know. You don't know my heart for these kids, for these. <laughs> and this is just his heart. <laughs> he said, you don't know my heart. If you could understand my heart for broken world. And he just dusted me right there in the and and I couldn't even talk any further I'm just sitting there weeping in Norm's restaurant you know I got my coat and tie on I'm waiting for an appointment and it was such a download of his heart <clears throat> and the second experience that I shared with our daughter our adoptive daughter Ryan her parents died she was orphaned and she was coming to live with us as a 14 year old and I was we were going to have family over and just kind of like welcome home and and Whitney and her grew up together, and it was pretty simple to bring into our home. I'm just mowing the lawn, just cleaning up for the reception of Ryan, and um, just thinking like I think in my limited mind about what I need, to, the tasks I need to get done. And the simple thought came to me as I'm mowing, just going up and down. Um, she's my daughter. She's coming I mean, she's she's coming home. I mean, she's she's got a father for the first time. She never knew her father. They rolled their car coming down the mountains. She was too young to remember. And again, not even wondering or asking God for an encounter, he downloaded his heart for her and for an orphan and for anybody that's fatherless or for anybody that's broken, anybody that needs a home. And he just downloaded. I had this encounter, and I was just weeping. I could barely mow the lawn. I was like, oh my gosh, somebody's going to think I'm a weirdo, you know? <clears throat> but what he did is I've had two of those experiences, and they've defined my life. And the reality is that when you have that moment, and, the, and Phil said it, he just, it was just amazing. He just spoke to me. You know, the Holy Spirit just took, I think, if I'm, I don't want to misquote what he said, but I think he said on, what I heard on Sunday was, when you have an open heaven experience like that, it will define who you are, it will re, um, um, it'll heal relationships, you know, it'll basically give you the purpose for your life. And when I left on Saturday from Tammy's teaching, I'm like, okay, what do I do with this, Lord? And we're, there's attorneys that are wanting to join us right now. There's something that God is doing with us. And it's not about me and my practice. It's like he wants to supernaturally begin to move children from crisis into good homes, Christian homes, and kick the devil's butt generationally, you know, and set these kids on a new path so we don't hear these story, the story after story after story. And... He said, just share it, just open yourself and let me, let my heart flow through you. That's it. And so I just go and cry in front of everybody now, and I go, that's God's heart. You want to join me? That's his heart. We'll figure it out later. And, and I think what you're going to hear from a couple more is the fact that we're understanding the supernatural. People are understanding Lindsay came up and she's like, I'm getting the supernatural stuff. 
I'm getting this and, and we'll share in a few moments. I mean, I mean, I love when Chris just that beeline he made for me on Sunday with a smile from ear to ear. I think I'm getting this supernatural stuff. And what it means is it's that outer man. That's what he said. I'm getting that whole understanding of the outer man and the inner man. And that's what God's doing in a whole lot of lives. He's transforming a whole lot of lives. Amen. Okay. Um, Leslie and I know you're on the camera chance, but what's that? Okay, cool. Um, we took about, well, was, there's was eight people for the Bible retreat and we'll keep this part brief. So Phil can, can share with you guys too, but, um, God blew my anticipations out of the water. I had anticipations that I was going up with, not necessarily expectations, but things that I anticipated would happen for the people who were coming. And, um, what God ended up doing was far greater and it was such an encouragement. And, uh, maybe I'll say something at the end, but I'm just going to let them share their story with you instead. When Nathan asked me to do this today, I said, I kind of have a little bit of a funky voice. He said, that's okay. You always sound weird anyways. And everyone laughs at you. So just gives Phil more ammunition. (laughs) Anyways, um, Old Testament. I've been a believer for 30 years this summer. My Christian walk has been expedited unbelievably in the last year. Being here, I have grown more than ever. This last year has been the biggest roller coaster ever, from having my oldest attempt suicide to having my daughter have a baby and then get married, and to have my youngest. Where is he? There he is. Except Christ. I mean, okay, like, it's just like all over. (laughs) And to have him here, to see him with his arms. Okay, I'm getting off track. Okay. (laughs) Old Testament is a book this is a, a piece of the Bible I ignore. It's old. Why would I go there? It's old stuff. But another confession is really I spend more of my time in books, reading books that, that like Phil and Tammy author, because they've researched, and I trust their research, so I read. And if you recommend something to me, Lisa, I'm like, I trust that author just because Lisa trusts. I don't spend time. I didn't spend time in the Word. And I know, you know, the first class when Phil said, even if you don't understand it, read it anyways. That was the first thing for me. Read it anyways. I started picking it up. I thought, okay, I could go for this five-day read the Bible thing. No, now it's four-day read the Old Testament. Okay, really? And I just left it and I left and I thought, share a room with someone? I don't think so. <laughs> I left. I'm too old for that, okay? I left it and I left it. Okay, I could get my own room. Okay, Teresa? Where are you? We're going. We're going to go, and I'll help you with the food, and, and we're going to try to read. To be immersed in the Word for four days, the way we were. In the first couple of days, I secluded myself, and I was in my room alone because I got distracted easy. And then I thought, I'm going to come out, and I'm going to sit at that kitchen table with these big guys. And I'm going to just, okay, we can do this. Sat down and didn't realize how competitive they were. thought, fine, how far are you? Oh, yeah, how far are you? It's like, you guys got nothing, because I got Bible on audio. (laughs) And I showed them, you can speed up the voice when it's talking about all the tribes (laughs) and all the names. And he pronounces all those Old Testament names so well. So, like, and uh, so, yeah, I did get a little competitive, more for Ted than anybody, but but, um, um, we did realize, I did. But that's because I cheated, right? That's what you say. <laughs> to be immersed in the word, Old or New Testament, unbelievable. To get put in a home with a bunch of misfits. <laughs> no, not really misfits, but just I saw them all come in. I thought, man, God, we got nothing in common. What are we going to do with all these? And now when we see each other, hey, Miss Jen, I mean, we just like, man, we're family. It doesn't matter who goes to these things. You become like family. It's unbelievable. And Phil's protege here, I'm like, gosh. (laughs) Phil, you're going to be out of a job soon, Pastor Phil, sorry. I mean, there was no, and we talked about it, there just was no one more perfect for it. You know, when when one of the girls said at the beginning, but what happens if I fall asleep? Because I fall asleep when I read. You know what he said? If you need to have a nap, take a nap. Some of you are so exhausted when you come here. Take a nap. 
I'm like, wow, what freedom. And I did have a couple of those naps until I sat at the kitchen table. <laughs> the nap wasn't a possibility. Anyways, it's coming up again. Whenever it comes up, guys, you know what? Make time. Put the stuff aside. I have been such a superficial Christian for so many years. And the last eight years, spending just helping other people, feeling validated because I could be your coach and I could tell you what to do and get in your face and love you while I'm doing it, but neglecting myself. And now this last year, because of where I'm at, where, I'm, where I've situated myself in this church, and because of the leaders that we have, because of all you guys, man, look out, devil. Amen. It was great. Thank you, Leslie. Perfect. As Chance comes up, um, Leslie, I just want to thank you for your vulnerability even to share what you did with us to say, I, I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't submerging myself in it. Um, and I hope that's an encouragement to you guys too. If you find yourself and you're like, ah, oh, man, I wish I read my Bible more. It's, it's okay. There's so much grace from God in that, but he is inviting you into his word. Chance. So first I want to say thank you to Randy and Teresa for opening up your cabin. <laughs> Total gift of hospitality. I mean, like everything was covered. Dinners, lunches, breakfasts were all amazing. Um, so yeah, going into it, I'm like, the only reason why I really wanted to go is because like I haven't really read much of the Bible, which I found out there's a book called Obadiah. That was new for me. <laughs> Didn't know that. It was a tough one to find. Had to do the table of contents. But um, I originally was just going to, yeah, just try to bust out some Bible because it's always good to, you know, get some extra word. And uh, and I know we're on the clock, so I'll keep this short too. But ultimately at the end, um, it was more about the move of the Spirit and the release of the Spirit than anything. I mean, you you think, all oh, the Old Testament's just so dry, but it was still just so active in, in Romans, which I emailed you my homework today, last second, of course. Um, in Romans, it talks about faith comes by hearing of the Word, um, and we just were on like a buffet of the Word over the weekend. And I, I think it really opened up also everybody to be open to share and just to be vulnerable and... Um, the connection and the fellowship that happened surpasses what I got, I mean, in terms of how much I read, which is cool. I read a lot of the Old Testament. I'm almost done. But just the fellowship and the connections and just getting to meet people, it just it makes coming to church way different, too, to have uh, people that you want to see and want to hang out with and want to know better. It's just totally different, which I was coming out of a place, which I told you, I just came out of a broken church that was just like, it just got shattered, and I'm not going to go into details, but I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to, like, I came here a few times, but I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to meet anybody. I didn't want to connect. I didn't want to fellowship. I just didn't want that. It was, like, the last thing on my mind. So we were just kind of coming in and out and, like, not really showing up, but um, things have transitioned, and, like, things like this, like, totally solidify your home, that you're you're at a home church. And then also I want to say, again, like like you said, Nate just, like, killed it. He just walks in his gift with such an ease and authority that, I mean, it's just like, he just blew me away with it. Everything was just perfectly designed with the, the freedom to let the spirit move and then also the control of having specific agendas. And it was just a very good balance and a, and a good mix. So if you, if whenever the next one comes up, I would say definitely go. If you got to take vac- vacation time or whatever, I know people work, but figure it out and uh, try to get there. And then, Leading into that, like, yeah, the same thing, uh, like Ted said, I knew I had the Saturday class, but I tell you what, I woke up in the morning, I'm like, I am not going, what kind of excuse can I come up with? Because this is not happening, I'm exhausted. But it's funny what God does when you're in a place where you're supposed to be. Um, So I came and just got completely rocked. And I want to say to Tammy, thank you for just being on point and being so vulnerable that day. Because I know that the Madame Guion stuff is cool, and she has an incredible story. But I think more than that, it was your release of the Spirit that really opened up that room and your personal testimonies and your vulnerability that really brought everybody into a different level. And just to plug this book, um, I I just read this today, which I think fits with what I'm talking about with Tammy. Spiritual edification simply means that my spirit has once more been in fresh contact with God's spirit. It does not matter 
through whom or in what place, whether in the meeting or in individual fellowship. <clears throat> as long as the Spirit of God is moving, I am nonetheless nourished and revived. And then, this is on page 104 if you guys want to look at it later. And then coming back down here to the bottom. All we know is that the liberating spirit has freely come. Instead of mere cerebral knowledge, learning about some lady, we have a bright, shiny... <laughs> I don't I mean to like discount her or anything, but... We have a bright, shiny, life-giving inner light. What emerges is that we are freshly revived and sufficiently nourished in his presence. Which, if you were there, you know that there weren't many dry eyes in the house. I think that the spirit was moving very heavy that day. So she wanted me to share quickly with what I got when I was praying, which I used to have these visions and like revelations a lot back in the day, and I just haven't spent the time in the quiet time or in solitude. And this is the first time I've gotten prostrate. So glad I didn't say prostate. I say that all the time. <laughs> I got prostrate on the floor, and I haven't done that in probably four or five, uh, yeah, four or five years. So it was just like a, a, a total submission for me. So the, what I saw was, um, and I'm going to give you the condensed version, and it was, it was a vision for me. It, you might think it was stupid or whatever, but um, I got a lot out of it because it was for me. Um, so just to preface. So uh, basically I was walking around in the meadow. This was me as a child, and then the, the Lord came up, and he was, or the spirit of the Lord, whatever, it was a white figure, and was holding my hand, which in... Uh, because of the Old Testament reading, I found a scripture in Amos <laughs> that relates to this. I actually just read it the other day. I'm like, oh, this fits perfectly with what I got the other night. Amos 3.3. 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? So I was walking hand in hand with the Lord because I had agreed to come out and be in submission to him and allow that to happen. And the same with him. He wanted the, just to spend time. Like every time I tried to talk, he would basically quietly hush me and just have me just be there in his presence. It was just joyful, peaceful, um, just like serenity. And then from there, I transitioned into walking downtown of a big city, which I'm pretty sure it was New York. And like, I've never been to New York and no offense to any New Yorkers, but I hate New York and I've never been there. It just seems like dirty and big and like way overcrowded. And it might be nice if you go there. I don't know, but I don't want to go there. So the fact that he had me in New York was just interesting. And it, like, I don't know my way around New York, obviously. But so like he was leading me on the path that I was supposed to be on in New York. And anytime I tried to go a way that he didn't have me go, I was tethered at the hand and I could not leave. And I'd get pulled back in the direction that he was walking. So then as we were walking, I, was, I would basically reach out and like touch people. And they were instantly saved in the, uh, in the spirit. And they had their own... Like, everybody gets indwelled with the Spirit, so then they had their guy holding hands and walking them and guiding them around. And then uh, as we were walking, that kept happening, and then I, it seemed like he was, like, getting huge. Like, like the Spirit was just, like, became, like, a monster, like, gigantic, to the point where I was basically just able to, like, hang on to the bottom of his robe as he was walking because he was so gigantic. And then, um, like... Because he was so big, like, full city streets were getting saved, full city blocks were getting saved, and then full cities were getting saved. But then, <clears throat> dang it, Ted, you got me crying, too. <clears throat> I know, it's all good. So then, but uh, what it came down to is it wasn't him that was growing, because he is the same always and forever. It was me that had shrunk. I was basically like this tiny little... Like, people couldn't see me anymore. I was so tiny. I was just, but he was the same size, um, which is John 3.30. He must become greater, and I must become less. So it's just a big word for me and just a huge revelation of, you know, when you spend the time and you go to that place that you can tap in and you can pull down divine direction, you could pull down whatever kind of spiritual guidance that you need when you want it and when you seek it. That's a great chance. Thank you. He, he touched on something, and I just want to reemphasize it really quick. He was talking about when we approached the word, it was less about the task, and it was more about opening to the Holy Spirit. And that is how we ought to approach the word. That's, that's the invitation. It's not about getting through the Bible in a year or in a day or in a week or whatever. You know, it's, it's about what, is it, what, is it the, what does it really look like to open the word and to do it with Jesus? to open the Bible and to read with him.
and let him speak to us. And it's just this idea of I'm going to be open to the Holy Spirit as I engage in God's word. Um, There will be more retreats. There will be more Bible retreats. There will be other types of retreats. Please, 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 like he said, make room in your schedule for these things. They're incredible, not because of us, but because we have an incredible God. I want to share one more before we get into it. And you know what's so beautiful about the last six weeks is there's so much knowledge in this book. Phil and I got this morning, we're reading our, our chapters together. He was reading to me, and I'm, what page is that on? So good. It's so good. But it is a transformed mind, not an informed mind. Okay? So what you're hearing now is transformational stories. We can acquire all kinds of knowledge, and we want you to have new new knowledge we want you to study and to learn and to glean but unless we're seeing transformed minds it's just information right you know i mean we got to pray with mike i mean i'm i'm this guy i'm loving i'm loving because i'm watching god change your life doesn't mean that you're not going to go three steps forward and two steps back because it's a journey but it's a journey with brothers and sisters that love you and want to see you win not even as much as he does so you know how much we want to see you win he wants to see you win more He's one. All right, you know what? Come up here. You weren't, he wasn't on the list. Come on. Nope, you opened your mouth. You come up here. We're going to testify. Chris, you're next. You come up here. Come up here, Mike. You know? You come up here. All right, I mean, I love this guy. I mean, I'm nope, because you know what? You know, we, no, and, and that's what I love when God gets us off schedule, don't you? And just, you laugh and you may be next. You get up here. Okay, you can say what you want but I want you to share what God's doing in your life. And I think some of it started when we were away in France and he started breaking that shell of a man. That's right. And that's what, I could be up here all night. Okay, we'll give you only five minutes. Tammy, you can't do this. Well, it it all started in France, actually, I think, for me. And uh, it's just been, it's like um, Ted and the other gentleman uh, said about holding back on and just... uh, Oh, boy, it was so just uncontrollable, uncontrollable when the spirit got in me. And uh, I can't even explain. Uh, See, this is why I can't do this. Uh, And so I thought, well, we were at the house the other night and I uh, it's been on my mind. I've been smoking. uh, Oh, gosh, since I was 16. So that's 40 years. And. um, I really wanted to quit. I'm, I'm around a lot of people that do not smoke. Uh, I, I look like an outcast, and I feel it. I see it, and it was, it's been tough. I've tried everything in my life. I've tried uh, acupuncture, uh, patches, pills, anything you can think of. I've tried it, and I thought, well, I have some people over at my house that night. Okay, how about you guys praying for me on this smoking? And I haven't had a cigarette since that night. And and have not even had the urge for a cigarette. It's working. It's unbelievable. That's all I can say. Love this guy. And, you know, that's the power of a transformed mind. That's supernatural. He can't do it on his own. But God can do it. And he's released. His spirit was released. I watched him cry like a baby when we were in France. And I could see Kim walked out and she saw Mike and I over there crying. And she just turned around and walked back in. Because she said, something's happening here. And, um, and that's what God's doing in so many lives. So many lives. So, Chris, come on up here and bring Bella up here. Because he asked me if Bella could come to school of ministry. I think our, we have a mascot. We don't want to scare her. But you were walking this way to me Sunday. And you looked, they had a beam on your face. Okay, tell everybody what you did, what you said to me. Tell me what happened. Um, Come up here, you can go. Okay, come on, Belle. Belle's been in our family for 10 years. Uh, She was a a rescue dog. And uh, my daughters are really close to it because uh, they're 17 and 15. And Belle's been in their life pretty much their whole life. And. she usually goes for walks with me in the morning, but last Thursday she couldn't walk. She was lethargic. She was, she didn't look good. Her belly here was bloated out to here, 
and she didn't want to move. She didn't want to sit. She didn't want to lay down. She didn't want to go for a walk, and I knew something was wrong with her. So that was Thursday. Lisa took her to the vet Thursday night, and it was bad news. They said that the, the, the vet said that there was a um, tumor inside her belly, and it had wrapped itself around her spleen. And so she was panting, and she couldn't breathe, and Lisa didn't. My, my wife's had pets her whole life, and she didn't want to see it suffer. And I just said, hey, I'm going through this class. Why don't we just pray and see if we can heal this dog? So one of my daughters was home, and we, we knelt down, and we put hands on her, and we prayed for her for healing, for God to bring in life to her and restore her. Uh, in the morning, she seemed a little bit better. Her stomach, had, the swelling had gone down. And, uh, uh, and Lisa was determined to really put the dog down, so she had scheduled uh, to have her euthanized and then have her cremated on Friday. But I said, no, I, I begged her to just give it one more day so we laid hands on her again and we prayed and the swelling went down it was completely gone and uh, Sunday she seemed to come to life and start eating again we we changed her diet and started just giving her scrambled eggs <laughs> she seemed to really enjoy that and uh, Monday she went for a, th a three mile walk with me and she was all excited and running in circle eights and so the girls are happy my wife is kinda like holding her breath she doesn't believe so I, I believe, I believe the dog's healed. I, I, I mean, I hope she is. And I was hoping that if she got worse, I could bring her in here and, you know, maybe you guys would lay your hands on her and pray for her. But I, I'm hoping that, that she is. I'm, I'm hoping God healed this dog. And it's, I mean, it's a, been a wonderful dog and, uh, to our family. You know, you know something I want to say, it's a couple of things here with Chris, is that, and we, I love Lisa, love the family. But this is a great example of a father leading his home. And I want to see you. I mean, you're in this class. And I love the fact he said, I, I thought maybe if God, God could trust me with a dog, maybe he could trust me with a person. And I loved your heart in that, that you didn't think that you had what it took to see somebody heal, but maybe well, if we could start here. Maybe this is your mustard seed. But I want to encourage you to be the man and the leader in your home. Because I believe that's what God wants, Chris. I really do. And I believe, I said to you guys weeks ago when we were praying for Milt, and I looked at Milt, and, and I was praying. I was in my spirit hoping he was healed, but he knew he was healed. See, that's what I want us to, you say, I hope so. Well, let's know so. Let's walk it out. Let's okay. believe it's so. Let's say it's so. He's our mascot. Right, okay. the, the first season of School of Ministry, Bella. And, 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 you know, like Phil said, it was really interesting. He said, how many people were sitting there Sunday with cancer saying, I wish I would be healed like Bella? See, that's what God, what we're doing here is we're acting out, we're walking out, we're seeing transformed minds. It had to start here, Chris. You started by reading this stuff, and when you said to me, hey, I think I get this supernatural stuff, this was the gift that God gave you. Right. Right? Yeah. All right, let's that's just pray great. right now. Join with me. God, in the name of Jesus, we come, and I believe that you're smiling as you're seated on the throne right now, Father, because your son gets it. Your daughter gets it. Your child gets it. God, you told us that we need transformed minds. God, I was just reading Genesis 3 where you said you formed us. You tell us in Jeremiah, you formed us in our mother's womb. Father, we know if we've been formed that we could be transformed. Would you just take us back to the original state that you had us in the Garden of Eden when you gave us dominion and authority? You gave us dominion over beasts and you gave us dominion over fields and lands. And so we take dominion right now over Bella in Jesus' name. And we just pray, Father, that we know that she is healed. God, we love your Bella. You're healed, baby girl. And in Jesus' name, we just thank you for that. And I just want to pray for Chris right now, Father, that you would increase his faith and that he would walk as a man of integrity and a man of faith in his home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I feel like the guy that uh, was going to give his testimony um, about how he survived Katrina, and I had to follow Noah. <laughs> you know, what do you got to say, right? Yeah, I don't know. It was bad. We, we hung out in the Superdome. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to, uh, 
you know, we've we've had a pretty good run here, um, so I know you're probably ready for a break pretty quick, even though I've just been on the edge of my seat listening to everything. And, you know, we, we don't exist, like Tammy said, for information. We exist for transformation. And information, enough information getting into us, aligning with the Spirit of God, leads to transformation. And that's what's really exciting. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you open your Bibles. And God kept putting this scripture on my heart tonight because it's so really tied in with Second uh, Corinthians, by the way, uh, is so tied in with the release of the Spirit in this last section. I can't believe we're actually done with these, uh, this class. Um, I'm really, really excited about what's going to follow this one as well because we're going to be looking at uh, a book that's uh, written by uh, Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard Bonnke was uh, and is... Uh, probably an evangelist that has had more conversions to his ministry than any other human being on planet Earth. Um, in just multiple crusades, he's seen uh, up to two million people in just one week's crusade. Okay, we're going to show you a video after the break um, of what was going on there. Um, Hopefully, we've got an extra computer we can do that with, John. Does anybody bring a, a laptop with them? Thank you. Okay. If you'll pull that up for us, that'll be great. But Bonke, um has done some amazing things, and we're going to be sharing, we're going to be reading his book. He produced a, a video series. I think he spent almost $3 million on this video series. It was all video. It was all recorded at Skywalker um, Studios. And he is good friends with Jared, and Jared was a staff evangelist with him for two years in Africa. So he is well acquainted with that. So Jared is going to be uh, one of the uh, main teachers here. He's an evangelist. We hope to form 22. Uh, we have it laid out. Um, Jared gave me a 26-page um, document on influence evangelism strategy. And we're going to form twenty-two group, up to 22 groups uh, to do evangelism, evangelism teams, in every avenue you can think of, and we're going to give you tools. We're going to inspire you. We're going to challenge you, and not only going to go out and and just tell people about Christ, but you're going to be able to uh, kind of do what Scripture says. Hey, pray for the sick. Why not? Right? Um, heal the sick. I mean, all these kind of things. We're gonna we're gonna you're gonna be able to take everything you've got and put it into that as well. And we're gonna see some great things happen. So let me just introduce to you a little bit of Second Corinthians. And then we're going to uh, take a quick break, okay? So go with me, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. And as you find your place there, I want you to just say, everybody to say this out loud, I have the treasure. I have the treasure. All right, here's what it says. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the exceeding power may be of God and not of us. You have Christ in you. It is a treasure. He is a treasure in this earthly vessel. And the reason that he's in you, the reason he chose to do it this way, is that the excellence of the power may be of God, not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed but yet we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Here's the key, verse 10. Always caring about in the body. Okay, everywhere you go in this earthen vessel, in this physical body you have, you're always caring about the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of the Lord Jesus may also be manifest in our body. So what's happening here is that we... We, we live this crucified life that the excellency of the power of God might be revealed in us. And it's only when we walk in that crucified life of, of what knee refers to as that outer man who dies, can the inner man who is empowered by the Spirit of God really be released and seen in the world that we need. So it's, he is manifest. In other words, when we get us out of the way, we see more of him. And, and think about how many of the testimonies pointed to that very dimension. You know, when, you know whether it was the, the vision that Chance had or whether it was the word of just, wow, when I began to see who he was and, and who I was, it was crazy good. 
For we, uh, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal body. Hey, when you live for Jesus, don't expect it's always, everybody's going to go, wonderful. Wow, that is so exciting. I can't believe you brought that into the workplace, into the community, into the school. It's exciting, man. Jesus, yes. No, you see, but when, that, when you feel that, don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. That means there's enough of him getting out that people notice. Now, if what they notice is religion, you know, you want to you get that out of there, right? But you, wanna, you want enough of him being released, right? So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. Why do you speak? Because you believe. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise up us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. As we collectively, corporately, carry about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus, just saying, no, no, I'm not, I have to get Phil out of the way so that Jesus can be to the forefront. And when you start doing that collectively, when we as a church start doing that collectively, it's, it's this powerful force that just begins to change the world. You know, sometimes you, you look, what can I do? Well, remember, Jesus had this crazy strategy for 12 guys. He knew in advance one was going to betray him. And, and he knew what was going to happen. He said, but no, this is my strategy. Because it doesn't take a lot. It just takes enough of the right kind of stuff in every one of us. And all you got to do is just let him loose, you know, release Jesus in your life. And it's amazing what God can do. Amen. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we're going to plow through the last two books in the last uh, remaining uh, hour that we have together. Okay. All right. Take a break.